Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for On the Money, presented by Embassy National Bank. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Moss, and welcome to this week's edition of On the Money, the number one small business show on Business Radio X. As you know, On the Money is presented by Embassy National Bank, a nationally chartered financial institution whose deposits are insured by the FDIC. And on this show, we discuss topics designed to help small businesses succeed because at Embassy National Bank, we're proud of how we help small business. I'm your host, Joe Moss, president of Embassy National Bank, and we welcome you to the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. So um, today we've got, a, I think, a fascinating topic. I should have a really good conversation. We're going to talk about um, branding, concept of branding. We have Paul Fredrickson here, who is a partner in the Blake Project. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. And um, tell us a little bit about the Blake Project. The Blake Project is a, uh, a, a national cons- uh, cons- uh, consortium, if you will, of brand consultants. Uh, we are located all over the country. We partner together on uh, helping major brands uh, develop their branding for, uh, for marketing. And uh, some of your clients are past, yeah. current and past. Coca-Cola, Nationwide Insurance, uh, Southwest Airlines. You've yeah. worked with Home Depot? I've worked with Home Depot, yeah, right okay. here in Atlanta. Okay. And um, you really have me thinking on the way over here about a brand. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. Okay. But first, how long have you been here in Atlanta? You know, uh, gosh, a long time. I mean, not long enough to be a native, okay? But, you know, I guess about 22, 23 years, something have you- like that. Have you grown attached to the Atlanta Falcons? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, who can't be uh, excited about that, right? Um, but are you the kind of guy that has suffered through all the lows and now and now <laughs> yeah. can celebrate where right. we are? Well, I was, uh, yeah, you know, and I was kind of used to that, uh, you know, back in the day when I was in Indianapolis. So, you know, we yeah. suffered through the Colts. Colts did well, you know, and uh, the Falcons are doing well now. Well, we have this uh, mysterious disease here in Atlanta that's going around called um, Falcon fever. Uh, Needless to say, we are uh, all pretty excited about it. And for most of us that are fans, I think they're going to win this thing. Yeah, I do, too. If they play like they played Green Bay, I think they will. And uh, I don't care if it is the Patriots. I think they're going to win this Absolutely. thing. You know, and um, will I be prepared if they lose? Sure. But um, you just, you, you get a feeling about these guys. So um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I got to talk about that now because uh, it's real important. Well, I mean, you know, the, uh, the Super Bowl, of course, is the granddaddy of all, uh, you know, advertising uh you know, shows. So, you know, we're going to see a bunch of brands this You're weekend. See a lot of them. All right. So we're going to give everybody some homework, let you think about some things. And, uh, we talked about this a little bit before the show, but I'm going to sure. hit you with it. What is a brand? You know, and, and, and I get that asset a lot, you know, particularly, uh, even from clients. Uh, but you know, like I was saying, you know, the uh, brands that kind of operate on different levels. I mean, there's the first and most obvious level, of course, which is uh, what we call brand identity. 
brand identity. So it's going to help identify the company. Exactly. You know, it's what people think of when they think of the name, the logo, the packaging, the look, you know, that kind of thing. And it's staying on that, identify the company, um, Atlanta Falcons. That's exactly. a brand. Love the logo too. And <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Yeah, and so, right. um, when you think Atlanta Falcons, you think a little bit different story in the last four years, right. since the blank ownership, right. Then you would have thought during the, during the Smith ownership. Sure. So the brand has brands evolve, has evolved and changed. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, you know, circumstances change, factors change and that sort of thing. So brands have to be responsive to changes in the marketplace. In your example of the Falcons, you know, you've got, you know, other teams that are coming on strong, you know, doing better, whatever, more competitive. They have to adapt, you know, to, to, to succeed. So on the next level, which is just identify the company, then, then what would be the next level? The next level is really is from a marketing perspective. And that is where the, the marketer needs to fully understand the position that the brand needs to have in its marketplace in order to succeed. Very, very important. And, you know, you arrive at that from looking at a number of different things. You know, you have to understand who your target audience is, who is your customer, what motivates them, who are they like, what are they like, you know, and then you have to understand uh, what, who your competition is, you know, uh, you have to have an understanding about that because look, you know, this is who you're competing against. And you've got to understand what their strengths and weaknesses are too. And, and then finally, you, you've got to understand the category that you're marketing in. So from, from, from which may be a whole lot different than what you think. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you put all that together, you've got to understand as a marketer, what your difference is, and we call it the differentiation in the marketplace. You said there was a third level. The third is the perception of your customer to your brand. Okay. It may not be what you think it is. It may not be as strong or as weak for that matter as right. you think it is. So, and, you know, we have a saying in, in the business. I mean, it's, it's you don't own the brand. I mean, you, you know, you may be the owner of the company and you may, you may, you know, but really the true owner of your brand, if you really get right down to it, is your customer. So on the way over here, then what I was doing um, was looking at a sign and thinking, what do I think? Mm hmm. I looked at Chevron, right? I thought pretty decent gasoline, right? I saw Bahama breeze, great onion rings. <laughs> I, I don't think that. I mean, I don't, you know, they want me to think that, uh, you get away for a little tropical oh, break yeah, sure. and that right, kind of thing, right, but right, uh, right. not being there. I'm, uh, that's kind of what they want me to think. Right. Right. At not going in. I'm not sure what I would think. Right. And then, uh, I, uh, the other brands we were talking about before the show, I guess the best one out there is Apple. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a big fan of Apple. Big fan of Apple. So tell me about that brand. The great thing about Apple is it has such an incredible brand story. Going back to Steve Jobs, the the you know the the the, the whole beginning of the of the brand, the uh the beginning of the name and 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 the whole ecosystem that that apple has created products that really ensnare you and keep you in that whole system of apple products and technology because they're also interconnected i mean it's it's one of the it's one of the great success stories of a brand 
So it's much bigger than just the apple. Oh, absolutely. It's it's the experience, it's the essence, it's the philosophy, it's the story. You know, there have been tons written about it. What was interesting this past year, of course, was seeing how that played out, you know, in the news. Uh, they kind of goofed, didn't they? Well, when they ran up against, you know, the, uh, the government, you know, over the uh, unlocking of the iPhone in order to get evidence about uh, the terrorists. I won't say they goofed, but they had some issues. They, 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 it, was, it was interesting to see how that played out. But it wasn't surprising. If you think about it, that sort of, that sort of defiant attitude that the brand has, uh, first in the face of Microsoft and, and, uh, and so forth, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see that. And then it actually manifests itself, not with Steve Jobs because he's passed away, but with current management. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. So the, there is an expectation that has been created through what you call the brand story. Correct. And it's an incredible expectation. Right. Very high hurdle. Right. New management is in a tough, tough job. Right. And, um, well, they're in a tough job to, to, you know, because, you know, wall street obviously expects Apple to deliver the next big idea, the next big concept. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, coming up with just, you know, the next iPhone or the next, you know, whatever is not that technological leap that investors really want to see. So that's a whole nother story. But it's uh, it's they're they've, they're almost their own toughest act to follow. And I don't know that there are any big new concepts out there yet to do. We pretty much covered everything well but you know you, you you know we all thought that what you know how many years ago before yeah. you came up with I, uh, the you know the ipod and and so forth so yeah and well, we, i see we were big mainframe folks and d- could never even envision that you'd get so much capability on such a small piece yeah, of silicone. exactly exactly yeah. another one that you talked about is uh lexus right Talk about the Lexus brand. Well, you know, the thing about Lexus, and that's that's a very good case study as far as positioning, isn't it? Because, I mean, their tagline is the relentless pursuit of perfection. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you can't really get much better than that. I mean, that it, it talks about uh, brand innovation, uh, engineering, and so forth. That's a great position for a luxury car brand. It, it, it feels like, you know, the job is never finished. They're always after better. Mm-hmm. And so that every time I go into the market, you know, every year there's something more to, to see, you know, it's, it's always in pursuit of that, of that idea. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, uh, that's a great, you know, that's a great example of good brand positioning. All right. Let's talk about that because it's all in the mind of the consumer. Correct. So they've got to be ready to deliver. Correct. And, you know, what we call reasons to believe are very important. There has to be a uh, uh, almost like a I don't know kind of a, a, a an attorney's argument closing argument if you will uh, to 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 believe a certain position that the brand has in the marketplace. You have to give me those compelling reasons, and you have to communicate them in a very compelling and relevant way, and that's what makes a brand like Lexus work. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you've got to have that. Otherwise, it's just an empty promise. And we see that uh, from time to time with other brands where they just don't quite deliver and and the expectations are, you know, well, they're disappointing, to say the least. So the brand is much more than just a logo. 
Absolutely. It is who we are. Exactly. Everybody, every small business that's out there has a brand. Right. They need to f- discover it. Right. And I guess mold it and and try to then act according to that brand. Well, the, you know, one of the ironies, I think, of, of, of the way business is and the way, the way things, you know, even small businesses is we're in a culture that is driven by branding. Everything that we do, the decisions that we make, the clothes we wear, the cars we drive, the food we eat, where we go to eat and so forth is driven by brand marketing. It's a feeling. Yeah. But yet what's interesting is that the entrepreneur, particularly uh, the smaller entrepreneur, doesn't seem to grasp that concept for his or her own business. That's kind of an ironic situation, isn't it? So what I advise clients to do is to, first of all, don't forget that no matter how small you are, you are a brand and you have to approach it from that standpoint in order to succeed. We, we had a, on a somewhat of a similar conversation um, about whether we want to be in social media. Right. Um, and my point was, we're in social media. We, we're there. Right. So, oh, yeah. So might as well jump, because we don't know what people are saying about right. us. Well, social media is a, is a great way to develop your, your company's product or services brand. I mean, it's, it's a marvelous way to do it, because it gives you a platform to develop that kind of dialogue, that kind of relationship with your customer. You know, and all right, let's go. Uh, we do a lot of work within the South, South Asian community, so right. uh, that means uh, hotels and C stores. Right. Know, the, uh, the the entrepreneur crowd and uh, the gentleman that owns the Quality Inn down in uh, McDonough, Georgia. Mm-hmm. He's got to develop his brand. I mean, right. it's not just I'm a Quality Inn. It's right. what differentiates him from every every other Quality Inn and every other hotel. Exactly. Well. You know, in those kind of situations, you're dealing with franchise companies. And so the, the, the uh, parent company has certain standards, obviously, that, that every franchise holder has to adhere to. Mm-hmm. But it's what they do with that mm-hmm. and how far they can take that is exactly what you're saying, is how can I then take that quality in experience and, and leverage that to a very special experience so that I can start building some repeat business from that. Yeah. So when people are in my neck of the woods, they're going to think, Let's oh, I want to go to that one. I want to go to that one. Exactly. Exactly. Because I know who they are and they have defined themselves. Exactly. Um, a convenience store. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to kind of think about a brand there because you've got your own you got you got your own story there. One of the things that 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 and and it's uh, not just the price of the gasoline. Well, one of the things that that I think every every entrepreneur needs to keep in mind is that there are actually you know particularly on a retail level there are actually three three things at work three brand levels of branding at work. The first of which is the 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 the, the owner and the store associates who are in that store. You know, they are projecting the human side of the brand of that of that establishment. How do they conduct themselves? You know, how do they look? How are they dressed? How are, are you know what's their you know personal hygiene, if you will? These are all very important. How do they how do they address the customer? How helpful uh, helpful are they? The second level, of course, is the store itself. 
So, you know, is it a, you know, what kind of shape is the establishment in? Is it clean? Is it nice? Is it, is it well stocked and so forth? And then the third, obviously, are the brands that are on the shelves. Mm -hmm. All three of those have to work together. All three of them have to be in sync. Otherwise, there's going to be a failure somewhere. And the, and the shopping experience is, is going to suffer as a result of it. So no matter, let's say, for example. you got to have on the shelves what my customer what wants. What my customer wants. I've got to be able to find it easily. And the person who waits on me has got to be nice. I mean, you know, they've got to be helpful. And they've got to be knowledgeable about that exactly. product. Exactly. Right. Right. And with, you know, it's funny that you mentioned social, social media. It's interesting, particularly on the larger ticket items like appliances and flooring and decor and so forth like that, how very smart the customer is now coming into the store because they've already done the research about that product category or that particular product line before they ever go in the store. And so oftentimes, it's not surprising, they know more about it than the store associate. You know, you've really got to be on your toes in order to not disappoint you know, your customer in certain categories. You're listening to On The Money. Again, the number one small business show on Business Radio X. We're talking with Paul Fredrickson about brands, having a great conversation about what a brand is. And it basically, Paul, sounds like it's the story of the company. It is, yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, you know, some companies are, have a very rich history, very, you know, we were talking about Apple earlier, great story there. You know, of course they've made movies about it, right? But you know, other, other great brands too have tremendous history, tremendous stories. And that really makes, you know, what the brand is today and, 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 and the, and the principles and the value systems that it has. And I can't remember which one it is, but there was, um, maybe 10 years ago or so. There was a company that they put their brand out there. They didn't even have to say who they were. Right. Everybody knew who they were. Right. Coca-Cola is one like that. Yep. I bet Apple would be like that. Yep. Um, Starbucks. Starbucks would yeah, be like Starbucks that. Starbucks is so, is, is so amazing is all they have to do is put a circle in a, in a cup shape and you immediately know it's Starbucks, right? Right. So. Right. A good example of the Starbucks brand. Yeah. And uh, very, very, very similar to Apple. Uh, in a lot of respects, you know, a true innovator, a true category creator, uh, two very strong personalities uh, that uh, founded the companies, founded the brands and, and, and drove them in uh, with success and somewhat political. Mm -hmm. So, and go, let's go on a, another side of that. And that's, that's your, the brand is your story, right? It's an image uh, of what it's a story. It's an image of what you want your company to be. It's it's uh, it's a touchy feely thing. It's not just the product. A cup of coffee is a commodity. A car is a commodity. You could argue that a a phone is a commodity now. Right. But each of right. these are just so uniquely different. Right. That I think of them as different. Right. But maybe they're not. Well, the, the Starbucks example, I think, is one of the best of, of what, we, you know, what you mentioned. You know, back when, when uh, Starbucks was founded, I mean, yes, it really was. Coffee was, you know, a cup of coffee at the diner. Mm -hmm. There was nothing special about that. And, and, and they took it and, and they made it special, okay? And then they created an experience behind that. Sure. 
one of the main uh, 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 concepts behind Starbucks is the concept of the third place. So, and I think we've probably all been familiar with this, but, you know, there's home, there's work, and there's Starbucks. So, you know, they want you to consider Starbucks as your third place. Sure. So it's more than coffee. It's, it's, the, it's the atmosphere. It's the place. It's the experience. It's everything that's wrapped around that that makes them able to sell a cup of coffee for $2.50 or yeah, whatever. It's incredible. So, it's absolutely incredible. And then now, I don't know if you've heard, but they're trying to roll out wine now, aren't they? Well, what? No, the well that I mean, yes, in 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 a lot of locations where they can do that, but they've also taken the Starbucks concept up a notch, and they're calling it Starbucks Reserve. And Starbucks Reserve is 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 the star is just the Starbucks concept, but on a connoisseur level. So you can go into a con uh, a Starbucks Reserve. And have coffee uh, ground especially for you, and brewed especially for you. And I think the average price per cup is something like ten dollars or something like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and goes back trust to the me, it's going to work. It'll work. I bet it I'm will. I'm telling you, I will. bet it will. Um, it's it's uh, and everybody will swear by it. That's my coffee and my <laughs> grinds, and by gosh, I yeah, can tell the difference. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's talk about the customer perception versus the company's perception we talk about uh you know we talk about the customer a lot around here right. so your your thoughts of the customer you got to interview the customer to really find you may think you're something right but you really got to find out who you are well you know for for most businesses uh you know they'll get a, a handle on that at the, in the very beginning through using uh available research you know off the shelf you know, sec what we call secondary research, uh, in order to kind of understand the marketplace, understand where the trends are, uh, what people are looking for in their particular, you know, product or service category. You know, larger companies uh, who can afford it will do primary research. And that way they'll understand, you know, specifically who their customer is through interviews and focus groups and, and surveys and things of that nature put all that together and you've got a pretty good customer profile, you know, if you're being, you know, uh, led by the right research firm and, you know, pretty good knowledgeable people, that kind of thing. So, but once you throw it out there, you've got to be ready to deliver it. Exactly. And that, that's where a lot of times, even, even the best brands can stumble and fall, you know, they can, they can, they can harm themselves either by, you know, the best intentions. I mean, you know, um, you know, going back again to the early to mid eighties, you know, we all remember new Coke, you know, mm -hmm. what was launched by the Coca-Cola company. And, uh, I we think, still don't know whether that was intentional or not. But. <laughs> well, that what they were trying to do is they were trying to, to, uh, knock off Pepsi. Mm -hmm. uh, they were trying to, uh, mimic the flavor profile, the sweeter taste and so forth of Pepsi and the, their brand loyal customers just would have none of it. And it, and it and it's one of the the big marketing fiascos uh, in the in textbooks, you know. Going back even earlier than that, the Ford Edsel was mm -hmm. was a miserable failure, you know, for Ford Motor Company. I almost put them out of business. It was that bad, uh, you know. So I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of history to you know the tried and true and and the failures, and then sometimes I mean, you know, brands can just shoot themselves in the foot. 
this past year, Volkswagen did that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with uh, you know, just just out they became out to something. They became. They showed somebody completely different than who we thought. Exactly. Very, 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 and very costly for Volkswagen. Although you know they're so big, I mean, you know, it's like you know, I think they'll be fine. But you know, those are things that happen. I mean, things inadvertently, like uh, with Delta this past year, and just recently, I think this last week, they had the same system failure. You know, with with flight cancellations. So I mean, these are issues that you know. Yeah. Good example. Delta is a great example because I have a two million miler on Delta. Wow, a lot of experience. And um, I happened to be in the New Orleans airport at the time with their CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but I recognized him, and I said, "Do you realize that you're a completely different airline on the outside of the plane than you are on the inside of the plane?" And he said, "Well, what do you mean?" I said, "Well, I." Once I know I get inside the airplane, I'm going to be well taken care of. But the further I get away from Atlanta, mm-hmm. all bets are off mm-hmm. about what it's going to be like before I hit that airplane. And um, he didn't know that. Hmm. He, wow. didn't, he didn't know that. Well, and it's amazing, too. And I've run into that situation, too, with other clients when I've dealt directly with the CEO. And it's a, it's it's really interesting uh you know, through your own use of the product or your experimentation with the product. I remember uh, we did this one time with a, with the CEO of a company, tried their product, videotaped the use of the product, you know, in a repair uh, job that we did uh, using his product the way it was supposed to be used. And we showed him the, we showed him the video and he couldn't believe it. I mean, he's, he, I mean, he was like looking at his own product for the first time. It was amazing. And, and, you know, as a result, I mean, we, 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 you know, got more work, you know, uh, as a result of that, but I mean, it was a, it was a good lesson, I think. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it kind of goes, you know, to your story. Right. And, and, you know, once you put it out there, like Lexus, they're going to say pursuit of excellence. They've set the bar. Right. You got to deliver. Right. All the way up and down. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and not off, you know, a lot of times we don't do that. But uh, if you don't deliver, then people are going to look at Lexus differently than what you may look at it. Right. You on the inside. Right. You know, there's uh, if you if you look at marketing, <clears throat> there's um, there's really a process that the consumer takes in its experience uh, with with a brand, and, and and the first one is just simple awareness. Okay, so. Obviously, I have to know about this particular brand uh, for it to have any kind of meaning or possibility of any kind of intersection with my life. And then the second step is trial. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so, okay, I'm aware of it now. You you know, through marketing, you've persuaded me to give it a, give it a try. So I'm going to try it. And if I'm successful, and that could be either through, you know, just, just you know, a sampling or, or a trial run on, on something like that. Then I'm hoping to get that repeat purchase. And through repeat purchase, I'll create a loyal customer. And that loyal customer, here, here's, here's the big bonus here. I've got to create a loyal customer in order to create a brand advocate. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the holy grail. That group gets smaller and smaller and smaller as we go down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the advocate is a very, very small group in relative to the universe of potential customers out there. But the same thing holds true no matter 
what size business we're talking about, whether we're talking about Delta mm-hmm. or whether we're talking about the small convenience store. I want that loyal customer and I want that customer to become my advocate because as an advocate, they're going to persuade their friends, their family, their neighbors to come to me to buy whatever. Right. That's what you want. Um, Publix versus Kroger. Great example of that. Right. Um, Publix differentiates themselves. They're selling everything to everybody else. Actually, somebody told me they charge quite a bit higher i mean they'll they'll deny it obviously but uh the one thing they do is when you get to getting ready to check out mm-hmm. well one thing you stop anybody where is this they'll tell you mm-hmm. um the different departments are very knowledgeable about mm-hmm. what they're doing and very mm-hmm. helpful but once you get to the checkout they take it they'll recognize you they start taking an interest in you yeah. so you realize well i saw I get home. Oh, I checked out with so and so. Right. And you know what she told me, um, kind of thing. So I think they do a real good oh, yeah. job with that. Well, and again, if talking about Publix, we're shopping as a pleasure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's their promise. And, and they deliver. And part, yeah, part of the training, part of the part, part of the uh, of the culture there is to deliver on that promise. And going back to Starbucks, same thing. I mean, the baristas are are encouraged. They're trained to to. Engage in the customer, mm-hmm. you know, have a little bit of conversation, you know, with them, make them feel special, make them feel welcome. I mean, these are, these are, these are all designed to create that kind of experience, that kind of bonding with the brand so that, you know, that'll create that repeat purchase, that repeat visit, create the loyalty and ultimately create the brand advocate. Okay. So let's say you're a, a company listening and you hear okay okay all right we're, we're going to get after this brand thing i get it what are some of the first steps first steps you know if you really want to get down to the very basic level is is get a true assessment of your marketplace really understand where you're going to be doing business you know again if it's at the store level do you have a really good understanding of of, of that footprint where you're going to be pulling your customers from very, very important. Then, as we've discussed, what is your differentiation? Okay. So, okay. Well, I guess what you want it to be, but I guess you've got to find out from your customers, what is it about us? Exactly. What's missing? Right. You know, what's missing? You know, uh, again, going back to your, your Publix example. Okay. What's missing in the shopping experience for groceries? You know, I've got a, I've got a, you know, the checkout is impersonal. It's cold. It's, they don't, they don't, they don't talk to me. They just take my money. You know, the, the store is not clean. It's not well lit or whatever. How can I, how can I, how can I improve that? You know, there's a saying that a lot of the success that comes is doing things that not only your, 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 your customer, your, your competition won't do, but you know, maybe they just can't do it. Mm -hmm. You've got an advantage there. You need to discover that. That's your differentiation. Then how do you articulate that? How can I, now I've got that. How, what does that look like and sound like? Mm -hmm. And from that, from that can come your brand identity, your name, your look, your logo, and that value proposition, that promise that, that, that becomes a tagline for you. It's that shorthand that I can get just like that. Mm-hmm. And I understand, okay, this is what these guys stand for. 
if I go here, if I buy this product, this is what I'm going to get, and I'm going to get it every single time. It's that's it's really not terribly complicated. Right. You got to find out um, kind of who you are, and then you got to figure out um, who you want to be, and then you got to go figure to the customers. Okay, what's that separation? Right. So what am I what am I going to do? And, and understand this: you're not going to be. You don't try to be all things to all people. You're not going to get everybody. Right. You know, you're not. But, you know, the people that you do get that you can deliver to, do it well and you'll succeed. Right. And, you know, for example, I had a, a gentleman on the phone today uh, who's a past customer and said, well, all right, let's try to work on this deal together. And he said, made a comment jokingly, he said, well, you're going to get it done before Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I went, oh, come on. That's not who we are. And he laughed, uh -huh. uh, but it just kind of bothers me that that might be what's floating out there in the marketplace. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, only took one customer potentially to create that and mm -hmm. it spreads like wildfire. Right. Right. So, um, it's, uh, okay. So if we're building my brand and then at the end of that, I guess you got to come up with some kind of catchphrase or logo, if you will that will deliver it's, that it's, message. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shorthand for your identity. That's true. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that as well. You know, it's, it's always good to, 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 to use someone who's, who knows what they're doing in that area. Unless, you know, you're trained in this particular area or you have experience in it, you know, have someone else do it. Right, right. And because um, you've got to come up with something that's short but really, really sweet right. and really, really memorable on the money oh right. i'm sorry tell me um you you made a a comment down here where i guess branding and seven steps which we've um we've talked about right um you have a phrase here called in our last uh five minutes or so called creative brief you're right what is a creative brief you know i i, I did a, a a seminar the other day on uh it was entitled how to think like a creative director like a what? Like a creative director. Okay. You know, and that's that's pretty much what I've been most of my career. Okay. And, you know, the creative director is the guy who is in charge of that creative department for an ad agency, usually, sometimes some client side. And, you know, you're responsible for the efforts of the art directors and the copywriters and so forth to come up with the big idea and to show how it's executed. In order to get to that point, though, there is something called a creative brief. Now, different agencies have different, you know, sizes of briefs, different uh, questionnaires and so forth, but that's essentially what it is. It basically takes a very complicated uh, process and distills it down into a series of questions that you need to address. And I would say that that's a very good thing even for the business owner to do if they're kind of doing this on their own, if they're, mm -hmm. if they're, or if they're directing the efforts for, you know, a design firm or an ad agency or whatever. And it basically just starts very simply as why are we advertising? Answer that question. Why are we advertising? Who are we advertising to? And this goes back to our, our conversation about, you know, knowing your target audience, mm -hmm. knowing mm -hmm. your customer very, very well. Who is our competition? Again, incredibly important. And that goes back to, you know, what we were talking about as far as knowing you know, what their strengths are and what, you know, what yours are. 
you know, and how you can differentiate yourself between those. Mm -hmm. What's your unique selling proposition? Okay, so that basically that's key. That's key, absolutely. And you know, it's been called the USP, the unique selling proposition. Okay, and then how can I articulate that? You know, how do I, how do I get that so that I can communicate that very quickly to my customer? You know, in as few words as possible. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, what is you know what what media best reaches this customer? Because again, not every business, not every category, not every marketplace is the same. So, what may work for me might be uh, radio, but uh, you know, if I were in another situation with another uh, category, it might be uh, television, it might be internet, it might be whatever. So, I have to understand that, and then I have to define my budget. Mm -hmm. And I have to understand what I can and cannot do uh, as far as, you know, again, going back to the example we were talking about as far as franchise mm -hmm. operations and that kind of thing. And then what's the, what's the tone and manner that best represents or reflects my business or my product? You know, is it humor? Is it serious? Is it talking like an engineer? Is it talking, you know, like a consumer? You know, what, what does that sound like? What does that feel like? If I've got all of that figured out and I can now I can give the direction to the creative people who can come up with the best solutions for me. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a saying uh, at, at one of the agencies that I used to work with, and that is give me give me the the framework of a well-defined strategy. And, and basically, that's what you're doing is you're defining what those parameters are. And within that, I can be very creative. And I can come up with things that are on target. The creative brief hopes to separate my feelings about something or my personal preferences about something with what is stra uh, strategically on target to my customer. Hmm. And that's, that's the difference. Real complicated process. Well, not you know, And I was just thinking how the uh, uh, mad men. Right. Exactly. Uh, Don know, Draper. What what I'm hearing though is that these companies come in and Don Draper suggests, "Here's what you ought to be." Right. It sounds completely backwards now. The company comes in and ought to figure out who's who we are. Right. Don, you figure out how to best communicate that. Exactly, and that's what and that's and that's basically what Mad Men was all about. I mean, basically, the research is done. They know who that target audience is, and from that. The creative takes over and can then best communicate that and connect that emotionally with the consumer. Decision, buying decisions are based on two, two things. They're based on emotion, first and foremost, interestingly enough, mm -hmm. even in B2B, and then the rational, the reasons. So you, know, you, you can't leave out the emotions. And people will do business with people that they like. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, can't believe this, but it's been 40 minutes. Okay. It, it goes quick. Um, I'll leave, you know, talk about, give us a summary of, of uh, some strategy tips for a small business well, out there. First and foremost, you are a brand. Whether you think you are or not, you have to behave it. You have to believe it. You have to project it. And you have to think of yourself, you know, as a brand in your marketplace and, and what, and what do you represent and how are you communicating that? 
and and how are you following through and being consistent with that? Mm -hmm. That's incredibly important. And the minutes that you don't do that, then you then then you're 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 in trouble. You know, you're you're not going to be at the success that you could be. And find out what the customer thinks. Exactly. Because that's going to tell you who you are. Absolutely. Well, listen, I appreciate you being on the show. It's been um really good conversation. Thank I need you. to get uh you in here with another guest so that we can kind of talk about two sides of the issue, the reason people buy and you, uh, you know, how do I deliver the message and make them want to buy, but we can do that over the next yes. six weeks or so. Love to. Um, but anyway, everybody that has been on the money, the number one small business show on business radio X presented by embassy national bank. You can enjoy this show or any of our other episodes at on the money. Uh, on the money dot dot com. Our shows are available on iTunes, so you can just go look at On the Money at Business Radio X, and then um, we have a lot of our shows out on the uh, YouTube video channel, where you can kind of take a look at uh, uh, who we are and what goes on here, and those have been very helpful. So we appreciate it, and and Paul talking about brands uh been very 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 helpful and uh we'll do this again so i'm joe moss of embassy national bank and remember be careful out there find out who you are but i think paul we have a little saying around here i think what you just said stay authentic be who you are don't try to be anything else and um and try to keep that consistency out there so until next time I guess the Falcons will be the Super Bowl champs the next time we talk. Just have a safe week. Mm -hmm.